Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Me Over Podcast, episode 106. I am your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host to my left. He is the $100 man, Bobby Diaz. We're, we're in 106. One, oh, oh, I like, okay, there's the name of the title. Um, there you go. Also joining the crew, you know him, you love him. He's the 10th wonder of the world, the puncher of walls, ticklish himself, Richard Garcia. What's up, everyone? Happy Saturday. Monday, but we are recording on Saturday. We're recording on Saturday, but just still. And also around the crew. I w- Before the music's over, you know him, you love him, you probably hate him. He is a Pinoy powerhouse, the handsomest man alive, Byron Pagdalao. What's up, guys? Power 106 for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. For our LA natives. Yes. Oh, man. Speaking of LA, it's on fire right now. Uh, there's, it's been a not, crazy. Not just LA, just a lot of the country's on fire right now with what's been going on the past couple of days. What happened to the coronavirus? Yo, that's crazy, right? Like, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's not because people like, are like, so many people, people are just going now. Now, now it's like, oh, we're kind of opening. All right, that means everything's open. So, like, everything, like, <laughs> protests, everything, like, it's crazy. It'll be a good test. I mean, uh, I'm sure this is not the the you know the the solution to finding the answer for coronavirus is having this riot, but it's insane, man. Maybe. The cure is lighting police cars on fire. We, did we try that yet? We're we're trying it now. Everyone, everyone's trying it fine. now. One hundred percent agree with it. Too. We'll, we'll get back to it. We're wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone works. should be able to burn a cop car for a little while just to make sure. <laughs> Burns the germs. Uh, yeah, the world is kind of falling apart again. So, but uh, we're here to talk about some wrestling. Uh, let's try to get your minds and thoughts off of you know what what else is going on. Uh, great show today, guys. Uh, we're gonna give you our double or nothing thoughts. Also talk about what happened on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. And um, did WWE do the audience uh, thing that AEW has been doing? Did they do it the better? We're going to talk about that, too. Um, before we get into that, I got to give it to our sponsors. You know them. You love them. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you can see Bobby and Dick are both wearing their Grudge Match brand T-shirts that we just got from the guys at Grudge Match brand. Make sure you go turn on them notifications because they just dropped a, a Misfits La Parker shirt um, and there's going to be even better stuff coming. So definitely go check them out. Grudge Match Brand on Instagram. Turn on them notifications. And also we got to give it up to our good friends at lapelia.com. If you're ever in the market for some wrestling merchandise, look no further. Go to lapelia.com. Use the promo code put me over. And in turn, that website will put you over and you get 20% off your entire order. Uh, just check them out. They, they, they always have like hot new things coming out. They're doing like a tie-dye series right now, which is really cool. Like old ROH shirts, tie-dye. Uh, tie-dye is hot right now, I feel like. So make sure you go check them out. And if you want to pick up some of our merch, go to PutMeOver.com for all of your PutMeOver merchandise wants and needs. Use the promo code KOFIFOREVER for 10% off, 20% off. We're giving this stuff away uh, at PutMeOver.com, PutMeOverPodcast.com. And that's all the plugs, guys. Um, I would swing it to the news. This is normally where we go into the news, but not a lot happened. I mean, other than Drew Gulak coming back, I feel like that was kind of newsworthy. Yeah, he he, he did come it. back. He resigned. Uh, as far as the amount goes, we don't know. But I mean, be, being honest, I mean, I, he was going to come back 
given the situation, given the environment, there's really nowhere else for him to go aside from AEW. I also noticed Kurt Angle was on NXT this week. Yeah, that's I thought he was fired too. And so there's probably, we'll, yeah. we'll talk yeah, we'll talk about that when we when we get to uh when we get to the shows. There's no terms on Gulak's deal at all, like no length other it's, than hasn't been disclosed. I'm sure um when we get information we'll, we'll talk about it, but usually but uh it, it just seems like right now with things are going, um, you hear about these five-year deals, three-year deals. I don't know how much it is, but once we hear something, then we'll talk about it. But um, I haven't heard anything as far as the uh, the amount or the length of the contract. Hopefully, it's just like a six-month deal until <laughs> well, the coronavirus they, is over. He left because um, they didn't want to give him more money, right? That was the whole reason. He yeah. Like, they gave him the same contract, and he was yes. like, no, I want more money. And they were like, yeah, dude, we're in a pandemic. It, it ain't happening. Even though WWE is making money, yes. they were just like, nah, it ain't happening. So well, he left. But I guess yeah, no, he, they he, must have gave him a little bit more, right? He asked for more money, and then they're like, no. And in fact, now that first deal is off the table. Playing hardball during a pandemic is not cool. Dude, it's, it's I, mean, I don't know. That's weird. Um, they must have offered him a good amount, to be honest. Like he was, It seemed like he was not talking shit, but on his way out. He was ready. So yeah, yeah, he was ready. So um, I'm glad they kept him though. He's a talent. They can really um, there's a place for him there. Not world champion talent yet. Who knows? But we'll see. I would like it, but yeah, we will see. Um, so let's just get right into the shows. Um, what do you guys think of Double oh, real, or Nothing? Real, real quickly though, before we get into, I, I don't want to mention something real quick. Uh, they did announce that um, Nigel McGinnis has been furloughed. So there's uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware. Yeah. Wait, Joe was on commentary this week, right? With Morrow. Or who was on commentary yeah. tomorrow? For um, NXT. Well, I, you know, what they noticed is that for NXT, it's been with Morrow and Beth Phoenix. And kind of like introducing the shows has been uh, Tom Phillips. So Tom is kind of replacing Nigel for now. Because Nigel and Morrow was like the best team. I that's think, the team. I think that's, that's the best team out of all of wrestling. That's that's the A team in WWE for sure. In anything, honestly, for real. I think Nigel is amazing at what he does. And I, I love Excalibur and Tony Schiavone, but Morrow is Morrow, you know? And then Nigel Nigel has like his like acumen and then Morrow has like his <clears throat> his like spiciness. Right. The, but that's professional. It's it's good. It was it was a perfect it was a perfect mixture. But uh Nigel's in the UK. I know he was working on NXT UK. He was being their color commentator for now. I've said this before. I think he I think he's actually an actual announcer. He could be the lead guy if they wanted him. Because when I heard him in Ring of Honor as a lead guy, he was he was great. Yeah. I mean, if he can get a better gig, I, I'd say go for it. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's gonna happen down the road. Um, you know, uh I'm sure once things start slowly opening up and there's an opportunity for things to go back to normal, I'm sure Nigel will find some work, whether if he might end up going back to WWE or he might find somewhere else in another company. He's way too valuable. I'd say absolutely. Um, anything else? Um, I've, I've gotten word that the buckle bomb is now going to be retired. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about during raw. So okay. Right off the bat. What, um, what do you guys think of the setup as far as um, number one, they're, they're having plexiglass uh, throughout the, throughout the barricades. And then now they have the, uh, the NXT or the, actually the PC trainees there being in the audience. Uh, there's the, I do like, I do miss the empty arena. I don't know. That's just me. I think I'm just, uh, I love post apocalyptic shit, but the energy is better. It's a little bit better, but aesthetically I like the look of an empty arena. 
And it is good that it's not wrestlers in current storylines. Cause I think they're, they look like fans. A lot of those guys are really tiny too, but um, like the NXT, those are all NXT guys, right? Like people who are training to be. Yeah. I, P- I I'm, PC on the, trainees. I'm on the all, totally opposite side of that. I think it's, I think it's stupid to have a bunch of scrubs out there that you've never heard of or seen before out there. Um, at least get people that can have a storyline. So you can even build a storyline in the audience like AEW does. Um, I feel like it was like a studio audience. Like they told them what to clap, when to clap, who to boo. Um, I felt like it was way too overproduced where like you could tell they were faking reactions. Um, I, I couldn't stand it on Raw. Now on NXT and SmackDown, I feel like they pulled back on that a lot because they probably realized it looked stupid. Um, but they would cut to people and people would be like, Selling like they're the Brock Lesnar guy. I don't know. It just was very overproduced on Raw. That's what I, I, I noticed too when um when 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 they first did with Raw. I felt felt a little contrived, but then after I, I either I got used to it from SmackDown and NXT, or they did change it where it became a little more uh, tolerable. Well, they didn't cut to them as much as they did the first time. I mean, it was the first time they're doing it, so maybe it was like a work in progress, and they saw how stupid it looked, so <laughs> they were like, "Hey, man, let's tone it down a bit." Uh, well, I, I I would like it if they did something like that, where one of the sh- just for like show identity, where they can have like Raw be the ex- you know just the total TV TV audience be exaggerating, um, just so there's a difference in each show more so than just who who wrestles on what, like a different vibe for each show. I think that's what's missing in the you know post quarantine times or quarantine times uh, is I show identity. You know what I mean? Like something that can uh, really you know what to expect from week to week, you know? So, cause yeah, the sets are still pretty much the same, right? They're exactly the same, just different colors in my opinion. I mean, it, it's been like that for a long time, but yeah, you're right. Um, right. Right. They got to do something. And if they're, if they're down to try stuff and not be so hard headed and be like, you know what? We can't make it look like we're copying AW. They, they finally bit the bullet and we're like, this is going to help the show. We're just going to do it. What made you guys think that they like the reason why they finally bit the bullet to do exactly what AEW has been doing this whole time. I think the number one reason I think they brought those people out, um, maybe for energy, but I think they want to test out those plexiglass and see kind of a, a test run, how it's that, if that can work or how they see it working potentially with real fans. Yeah. Um, like a test run for that. That's the main reason I think. Uh, it does bring a little bit of energy too when you bang on it, like a hockey game. I noticed that gets kind of hyped, to be honest. That Dude, that, that would be interesting. Actually sick. That would that's be very actually a good idea. I think they waited till they had something that was different than the, than just AEW having like because that's a whole different thing. Now it's like a hockey. Yeah, you, like you said, I, I'm a I fan think, of the plexiglass. I think that shit's tight. But yeah, I, I think overall though, it's really because of of the ratings. When it comes down to it, the ratings for Raw have been going down steadily each week. Um, you know, Raw hit another low uh, during this time. And wait, you mean Baron Corbin coming over from SmackDown didn't help the ratings? Nope. And his weird ass tights, too. What a shocker. You also have fans that are probably tuning out because they want to come back and watch when there's actually a a live audience, when there's some sort of audience in there. Because for for, for many, watching wrestling when there's no one there, where it's very silent, is difficult. It's it's not the same. Um, Raw's been really hard, really hard to watch Raw. It's really, it really has. And they finally decide, you know what, now's the time. I mean, shit, look at the ratings. They're, they're starting to dip, dip. People are starting to tune out of Raw, really tune out of uh, WWE product in general for um, since the quarantine, since really since the lockdown had started. 
So now they're trying something different. Maybe getting the audience back will help out a little bit. Um, it start, maybe it's helping out for SmackDown and NXT because the ratings were up this week. Uh, Raw, not so much, but again, it was on a Monday. It was on a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do gr- agree with uh, Byron that this is more like a test to see how it would work out with an uh, like a real audience. Um, they're going to need I mean, thicker pexing the right though. direction. If they want yeah. to do that, they're going to need something thicker and bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see a potential like uh, accident. It's like how the glass could break if fans get too crazy. Yeah. Real oh. fans. You can't control those marks, bro. But um, I like it. I hope I hope they keep it moving forward even after quarantine. I think it's, it keeps it like a Coliseum type feel too. Like you're in the action like a bubble. Like yeah. You, yeah. It's kind of tight. I could see that working for sure. I'm actually kind of excited now. I hope they keep it. They're going to have some gimmick ones too, or like wrestlers will get thrown through it for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, but do you man. think like over time, like fans will get over it, especially like if there's like light glare off the, like it's already bad enough when like people have lights on them during the whole show, like in the nosebleeds, they have like fucking spotlights directly on people. I've, I've sat in the spotlight and it sucked. Um, oh, that's horrible. Do you think like over time, like people are going to be like, we can't see because there's a light glaring perfectly on the plexiglass. I mean, that is happen. production that could that could be uh, like a, a damper on the whole thing. And it's not like you can like fog it or anything because then it would make it impossible to see through. Yeah, and it would ruin those front row seats that you pay hundreds of dollars thousands to get to yeah yeah you know, so well not um, not the guy that takes his mom to all the shows but for most people yeah or the, the guy neon the green, green shirt. shirt yeah neon green yeah. shirt guy. <laughs> sign guy brock lesnar guy they don't have to pay anything fuck those yeah. guys they don't uh, do you know the deal on those guys by the way like i still always wonder when i see them like how are you affording all this like what are you are they like, just rich they might be rich but i mean how do you get into every show in the same seat like you have right. to know somebody and flying to all those places. Yeah. Because like, even like, that green shirt on. guy was on at AEW, too, in the same fucking spot. Yeah, that motherfucker knows somebody. Or he's filthy fucking rich. Maybe. <laughs> Playing those stocks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of how Raw did it. NXT, I felt. And then and SmackDown, to a certain extent, did it a lot better. Um, what happened on Raw? Did, did anything really happen? Uh, I don't remember. It was I think is that Lashley? Lashley's on Raw, right? Well, oh yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's I'm, on, I'm, he's on I'm, Raw. I'm a fan of that new uh partnership with MVP. Uh, Lashley MVP to me, it, it's probably a big deal. I could honestly, with he, pairing him with MVP, makes him a legitimate uh title threat, even though he's not gonna win. And yeah. you know, coinciding with the crazy times we're living in right now, uh, it's a good ass move because MVP can talk his little ass off, man. It's time to get that for a while. It's time to get Bobby Lashley. I was going to say Bobby Lee, Bobby Bobby Diaz. (laughs) It's time to get Bobby Lashley uh, (laughs) taken seriously. Like he's been a joke for so long. He's been like just like a a joke, basically. I mean, you you take into like the 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 wedding and his his loving his mom and his sisters. And like he needs to just be a killer. He needs to be a guy that we're excited to fight Brock Lesnar, you know? He, I mean, yeah. yeah, he should be like the 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 Brock Lesnar type guy, like yeah, that can take him on, like Braun, and you know, like that, like the way they first brought in Braun and like how he was just this powerhouse, and they he like boosted like to the ceiling, and they kind of like held off on it. Like I feel like 
why didn't they do that with him? They he was easily dude. He's so like ripped, and he's like a big guy like Bron, uh, Brock Lesnar. Undefeated, not a bad wrestler either. Undefeated in Bellator. No, no dude, is he like, really? Yeah. Wow. So that you can even legitimize that, and you know the fact that he is a decent performer, dude. He's pretty good in the ring. Just can't talk. Uh, just can't talk at all. And yeah. the fact that MVP brought it up like. This is his first time after all these years getting a real shot at a title. Like, <laughs> uh, that, uh, I think it's you know I, it's funny that he said that, but he did actually have a title shot um, back in 2007. He needed to get fact checked like that. Trump. He needed to get fact checked yeah, so, like Trump. Yeah. But how long ago was 2007? When he made that promo. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I heard that. I was like, nope. I remember he had a match. I remember there was a program with him and John Cena back <laughs> in 2007. Got- you got dick checked right there for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was 13 years ago, though, to be that fair. That was 13 years ago, but I get the point behind it. Like, Lashley really didn't have a, a title opportunity, and that's what they're trying to build up. It's like uh, that MVP felt that Lashley was being disrespected. And, and and if you look at his career in WWE when he came back, yeah, you could absolutely say that. He should really be in a much higher position than uh, than where he's at right now. And you could so you could see that you know him and Lana they're gonna face her out uh, and make him a, a, a valid contender for the championship because let's face it right now Raw they need credible contenders and really both shows need credible contenders and when you have your roster split in half you have to create stars you have to create talent absolutely like one one thousand percent yes um, and that's that's probably the thing that's killing them the most is that they have Roman Reigns who's not even there right now. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, who's going to every, she's just whoring herself out to every promotion. Um, and then the list gets very, I mean, you have Seth Rollins, but uh, it, after a, that, it starts falling apart. That's a perfect segue, too, because I think another highlight of Raw, as bad as it's been, is um, that new faction and that music. I hated it at first, but it, it's kind of cool. It's I think uh, Seth is doing some good work, and adding Austin Theory to that is fucking mage to me. Yeah, and Dude, imagine when they get the AOP back. If they if oh. they bring them back, like that's an unstoppable team. Like that's right. inner circle on steroids. Right, basically. right. Um, it's a dominant raw faction. Which yeah, you know we've been told and that Vince hates. You you, you mentioned his you know, Austin Theory's name. He's the guy that's benefited the most from this. Um, yeah, he's killing as it. As far as like, I mean, aside from Sammy Guevara in AEW, you look at someone who's benefiting in WWE during this during this time. It's been Austin Theory. And the Mexicans, I would and say the Mexicans. Angel Garza to a certain extent right. too. He I mean, I'll, I'll, he just to beat me, Kevin Austin Owens Theory. clean. Right, he did. He beat him. He did beat him pretty clean. Um, but with Austin Theory, just a year ago, he was he was in Evolve. Um, he was slowly coming up the ranks of Evolve, making his way into NXT because that was going to be the next logical step. But as soon as the pandemic happened and they were short on talent, um, Austin Theory answered the ch- the challenge. He he got um, he got really you could say he got. Um, Fast track to, to uh, the main roster in a relatively short time. I mean, Big hell, time. he was even on WrestleMania. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so he's kind of he reminds is me a lot. Bright for him. He reminds me a lot of Finn Balor. He does. He's just as good looking. Just as good looking. Um, has, not as body. ripped. Not as yeah. ripped, obviously, but can, bigger body though is like super athletic and like can can do good shit. Uh, Potential champ in the future. Potential for sure. For sure. Cool yeah. name. Hey, cool name too. Awesome yeah. theory. Like, that just sounds cool. <laughs> hey, you all gay? He has that look where I think, like, he hits all the checkpoints as far as what would be a, 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 a future 
WWE champion, future main eventer. He has all those. He hits all those check marks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone getting a championship, we got to talk about Apollo Cruz, oh, the yeah, new United that. States champion. Do you think That's it was wild. time that they finally put the belt on Apollo to, to give him some legitimacy, or is this too late? I think it was shocking for one, which I loved. Uh, like I did not expect that. Uh, and to be honest, his his post match speech wasn't bad. Like he, no, he, he just he, he's yeah. getting better on on the mic. Right, he is who he is now. Like he's, I think he's starting to ease into it. This this kind of helps him relax because I feel like he's been a little tight even in his promos, knowing that he has all this in ring potential, but his personality's not there. <laughs> yeah, just be yourself, dude. Just be yourself. Come on, man. Yeah, that that, that big old smile, dude. The <laughs> big old smile, dude. Beautiful like, teeth. Yeah, yeah beautiful, teeth. beautiful <laughs> smile. But You're supposed to be like a hard guy, like yeah, want to beat up somebody. <laughs> relax. Max with the smiling. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm okay with Apollo winning, uh, winning the championship. Does this hurt I, I Andrade? Think really, you think? I think they're really more so trying to tell the story of uh, Zelina's faction breaking up little by little. Because I mean, first Austin Theory was kicked out. Now, um, I mean, where they're going with it, you're starting to see tension between um, Andrade and Garza, um, Angel Garza. I think it's too I think soon. We're going to see the eventual you, breakup. You gotta, you gotta ride these guys out, man. Um, I think they're right. better together than than separate. Right. Um, I think for now, yes, but I, but down the road, that you know, they're aiming for uh, that feud to happen. Well, maybe Andrade gets a world title, uh, like a tier. He gets a tier bump. Hopefully, My fucking fingers are crossed for that shit, dude. I love. He Andrade. deserves it. Andrade is He's probably so one of my favorite guys on Raw. Easily. I I, I agree. Um, they're easily also, pulling the I'm trigger talk on like Bobby. They're easily pulling the trigger on separating them like too quick. Yeah, it's way so too quick. I think they like need to pump the brakes on that, let it build a little bit more, and like that's just WWE's problem. Something huge. That's WWE's problem. They they are so impatient. They want they want to tell their story like in one night. Uh, yeah. The, I think the slow build and like the the payoff of like look at look at Dan O'Brien finally winning the title or. Actually, that might have been the longest running storyline they've done in a long time, but it takes a long time ever. (laughs) It takes a long time. But once you get that moment, it's so like it's going to blow the roof off everything unless there's no one there. Then then maybe this makes sense. Maybe this makes sense. Especially when like you have these two guys (laughs) and they're their partners. And when they finally do split, you can kind of like you can choose a side. I don't know which side I'm choosing with. No, no. So it's like I I don't they're they're both good. So like, am I going to choose a side? No. Because they haven't really built that story to let me that's, invest in one of them. That's a good ass point. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Uh, what else happened on There's Raw? something I want to talk about real quick, though, and that was during the beginning of Raw, where uh, there was a segment involving um, where, where the Kale show had opened up Raw and introduced uh, the contenders for um, the number one, who was going to be the number one contender for um, the Raw Women's Champion. And um, it did break into like a, a melee, uh, but couple things that would have involved Nia Jax and there's just, just here's some news I wanted to mention real quick some stuff I want to talk to about um earlier this week WB did um put an announcement saying that they have added the buckle bomb as a move that's going to be banned from here on out not sure you guys heard about that um I, good. I, I did uh but I mean it's 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 hurting it's hurt people. I've I've been told that it's a really easy move to do. You just power bomb into you basically stand up. Uh, yeah. But if you if you're it, well, you're you're pretty much just catching yourself on the on the ropes. 
on the ropes and then you're just yes. kind of like putting your feet down. It's not really that much of a hard move, but when you have someone like Nia Jax who easily will like, just chuck hurt people. somebody. <laughs> yeah. And and for those that don't know what we're talking about, it was about a couple weeks ago on Raw where she did do a buckle bump on Ikari Sane. It looked like she shot her a little too short where her head um, hit, hit, hit the bottom turnbuckle. Middle. Yeah. The, the middle, middle turnbuckle. And it did not look very comfortable. Um, so well, yeah, her she her lower back hit the hit the bottom rope, but like her head hit the middle rope. Yeah, there's no way to like catch yourself or anything. She wasn't ready for it. She easily hurt her. Like there's 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 no way out of it. She easily like did a terrible like stunt, and it just you know th- you could see the reason why they they decided to ban it. That and I mean it, is, it did retire Sting too. Yeah, and it, it it fucked up Finn Balor's arm pretty bad. Now with that right there, here here's the thing right there. Um, when you when you guys when we said earlier like oh yeah, it's pretty easy because you could you could you're supposed to really land on your you were supposed to land standing up after that happened, but when you do it outside, you don't have that. I mean, and and look how Seth did it to Finn Balor um, when he did it at a SummerSlam a couple of years ago. Number one, he didn't even he didn't hit the the um the barricade. Yeah, it looked like he really 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 fell short and then to try to compensate he ended up uh, breaking his arm he was out for almost uh, for almost an entire year jeez so, that's yeah okay so, and he just won the universal title too that and he that, just won yeah. the universal title as I have well a question for you uh-huh. do you think that this they they banned the buckle bomb will they ban uh ko's uh power bomb into the the ring at the outside of the ring like on the, on the apron, on the, on the on the aprons. That's basically a buckle bomb. I mean, that's it's, basically the same thing, and it's, I, if anything, that's worse than a buckle bomb. It, it, it is. I don't see it happening because then they could say, well, no one got injured from True. from that move. Although it, it does, dude, it looks like it hurts so bad. Yeah. Although I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'm, I don't say I'm a, not a big fan of moves on the apron. I think that it's being used a little too much. But one false move, and you could really hurt someone. Yeah, I think the power bomb in general is just a scary thing. You're literally go, you're just falling wherever they they put you. Basically, it looks mm-hmm. awesome. Power bomb is probably one of my favorite wrestling moves ever. One of the most yeah. devastating looking moves too. Yeah. It's so sick and it has a cool ass name. Power bomb, well. dude. You get power bomb. I hate that people <laughs> use it as a secondary move now too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a finisher all the way. Psycho Sid did the best one. I mean, when oh. I was growing up. Whenever right, he right. gave someone a power bomb, or I mean Kevin Nash first to a certain extent, whenever they got hit with a power bomb, it was over. That was that was the end yeah. of the match. I, I Dick, maybe, I don't know if you know who you're, Mister Historian about wrestling. You know almost everything. Which one came first, the Razor's Edge or the the power bomb? Oh, that's a good call. Power bomb. Yeah. Power bomb came first. Well, the, the, the when Scott Hall used the power when he when he used the Razor's Edge, I, I'm. Sir, he got it from a lot of the moves. He came from Japan, but I remember the powerbomb being used a lot in the in the late '80s, early '90s. Okay, um, the Razor's Edge. I mean, he, Scott Hall did use it probably as early as maybe like around the same time frame. And basically, the Razor's Edge is just a variation of the powerbomb. Yeah, right. It's a safer. It's a safer way to drop you. Uh, way safer. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, a, like, it's definitely a variation. Like I dropping remember, them on the apron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Scott Hall did it back in the day. He didn't do it gently. Like, he would just chuck you. Yeah, he, right, he would accordion right. people, scorpion themselves. <laughs> yeah. Although the best a- the 
best power bomb was probably Kevin Nash because he did it like with a gangsta, like let you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just toss you and you're done. Oh yeah. You're you're falling from this high now. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pick you up and then you're on your own, That's buddy. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Hope you land good. Um, something I thought that was really weird. Well, not really weird, but something that was like, oh, that's that's that was a weird thing. They have a song from Panic of the Disco called "The Greatest Show on Earth" for like this match or this pay per view coming up. Um, but you have like this intense promo from like Edge and Randy Orton, and like they're talking about, you know, putting on this this match, and they're they're gonna go for blood, and they're gonna really go after each other. And then you just have this like pop song playing right after that. Like it kind of killed the moment for me after they finished like being so intense. Um, that was just something I noticed that 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 bothered me. Um, and also, I'll be, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say like also like later on. I'm glad you mentioned that promo because uh, later on down um, when Ric Flair was doing his promo, I, I kind of felt a little sick to my stomach when he was trying to hype up the the greatest match ever. Because Flair himself has been in many matches that could be considered one of the greatest matches of all time. It's, and uh, they're really going hard on this. Uh, they're really going hard with this, uh, with the hype with the greatest match ever. And to me, they're either doing two things. They're either A, trolling the fans, or B, they're setting these guys up to an impossible standard that they know they can't deliver. Absolutely. I, I also think that they're just doing it because they want people to watch this. So they're going to you know they're pulling out some tricks to like get people to watch this pay-per-view um i there's no way that this match is going to be the greatest match ever there's no no a no. 0.01 percent this will be the greatest match ever yeah it's it's highly unlikely it's not even a top 10 match if, they, if it is then fuck i'll be happy because it'll, it'll prove us wrong but it's a big uh it's a big ask and usually when, big you, what? when we say throw when we say greatest <laughs> match ever, it's always after the fact. Like, okay, like now we can upgrade objectively. But to say it before that, I mean to me, you're just setting these guys up for you're just setting these guys up to fail, or they're just trolling the fans. Yeah, what match like was was being uh promoted and they said it's gonna be the greatest match ever and then actually lived up to that. I feel like everyone that's come that said that was the greatest match ever was like you said, Dick, after the match. Like, wow, that was a match. fucking There's, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. Not sit- all right, time to sit down. I got my popcorn. This is gonna be the greatest match ever. Like, that's never happened. No. Never, ever. I, I, they're setting that standard way too high. So, they're, they're, I think they shot themselves in the foot with that one. But that's just my take. Um, speaking of shooting yourself in the foot, uh, let's talk about SmackDown. And uh, this, it started off honestly. They had me for like ten seconds. The way that the show opened up, they had Elias on a stretcher. Renee Young was like breaking news. Everyone. Oh, my God. This is I can't believe this is happening. Um, Elias has been hit by a car. And then I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then they get these like rent a cop bad actors to like go and like mm-hmm. like search the car. But with like like it's not a police scene. They're just letting Renee Young and referees and the WWE camera crew walk around like. It's weird when they do these real life things, but it's still wrestling. It's they said it was a police scene, and the way it came off was just so, like you said, it, like, so rent a cop, so car- cartoonish. So it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was just not. It, it didn't come off very well, and especially considering that um, 
later on we see Jeff Hardy <laughs> in the bushes kind of being it looked like he got beat up slash he was drunk because they did find a bottle of Jim Bean in the car obviously they were playing off of uh, when Jeff Hardy got arrested for uh, multiple D, uh, DUIs um, over the past year so they're definitely playing into that how do what do you what do you what do you guys think about that I think this is all bad taste they, they should not be doing this I'm not a, and I, it's I'm it's not a such fan a joke I'm not a fan of it it was entertaining yes but maybe put someone that's not Jeff Hardy in that situation and and, and mind you it we're recording this Saturday and the show was on Friday the internet already found out the re- the wrestlers who were the cops so it was that quick. They weren't even real cops. Well, obviously, no, of course not. Like, they never so are. So it's like, well, yeah, but like you know, like it, it it was that quick to find out who they were, and they're just they're like indie wrestlers. Yeah, they they usually get like their talent so from like indie indie guys, but it just it it didn't come off. I mean, I don't know. I was entertained because I was like, wow, this is a this is something new that I haven't seen on wrestling for a while. Um, and then the and then I slowly figure out that oh they're looking for Jeff Hardy. oh the, conveniently like the registration falls down and the cops like Jeff Hardy and then like then I was like okay this is lame now um, and and also uh, Elias was injured in that accident so you, if you notice right away those were two th- those guys were supposed to have a match against Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles respectively for uh for the ice uh, in the IC Championship tournament yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Braun Strowman was was on the scene. I wish they could have gotten like our truth to do oh. like uh, ain't nobody got time for that kind of moment. I thought that would have been awesome. Even though I it was like, ten years too late. That's see, the, that's the that's, WWE way. That's that's the <laughs> thing back. is I, I think WWE misses these funny moments. And there there could have been like a few jib jabs in there like for funny moments. But uh, I think they wanted to play this straight super serious i think yeah. if they, they should have played it more funny i, I would have loved it more but yeah. um i guess let's just play off the drunken jeff hardy angle right, let's and do that it's not the first time that they've done that where they played off of jeff hardy's real life no i'm talking about jeff, <laughs> jeff hardy, hardy. Oh, yeah. jeff hardy this yeah, is they, the first they, time yeah. that they played off his real life issues as well because they also played off the time where um he was having a real bad drug problem right before he left uh 10 years like a little bit 10 years ago as a matter of fact and they did an angle where he was uh it appeared like he was passed out in the stairway. So anniversary sure of was, Is that is that what they're doing? Anniversary. I'm not sure if it was it an during, anniversary. It might have been during Survivor Series or not during a, if it was a SmackDown show or not. But uh they did they've done this before with Jeff Hardy, where they, they would play up his real life ha- his real life struggles or his real life problems with with the law. Yeah, so and, I mean, yeah, it's it's nothing new. And then you have the Scott Hall thing, like these angles nev- never are like wow! Remember that angle when Jeff Hardy was drunk? <laughs> no one talks about that, yeah, unless it's to talk about worst angles of all time, or to make I, me laugh. Well, I I find yeah. these so hilariously bad, hilariously bad. It's so fun. Well, I then, mean, then you have like uh, uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Rebby Hardy coming out on on Twitter and saying like, "Oh, I'm so glad that I'm not. I don't. Wor- I work in AEW now." And and Rebby says like, "Oh, I'm gonna toss my TV out. I can't believe this or whatever." You know, it's. Yeah, yeah I mean, because they're playing up his real life struggles. Yeah, I mean, Jeff well, agreed to it, but how much of it is like, well, you better do this angle, or you know, you're gonna be in the doghouse. Remember Jeff Hardy's thing? <laughs> that shit still oh, cracks God. me. That, that shit still cracks me. That up, was bro. so bad, dude. That was so, so sad. Bad. So sad, but still so fun. You know me. Sorry, guys. And but you know that's they fun. they've were, they've been showing these things like the rise and fall and rise again of Jeff Hardy. These vignettes. Um, 
And then you think like, okay, now Jeff Hardy is either guilty or someone framed him. And then in the next scene, they basically give away who who was actually behind the wheel. Yeah. Um, well, that storyline did play throughout the show because uh, backstage uh, they were uh, they were announcing like, well, it, it appears Elias and Jeff Hardy can't compete, so therefore. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan get a uh, a bye to the finals. AJ wanted to take it. He's like, you know what? I'm cool with it. I like. I don't have to wrestle tonight. Fine by me. Uh, Daniel Bryan, on the other hand, didn't like that idea, and he wanted. He really wanted a challenge. So they came up with the idea of the battle royal, in which case Sheamus won, and that played into the match later on because this was a storyline throughout the show. Yeah. Um, they did. They did have a match. Uh, Daniel Bryan Sheamus, which I thought was a good match, given for what it was. Yeah. But if you notice toward the end. Match. Jeff Hardy did come out stumbling, which kind of explains like, wait, how did he get released so quickly during this time? Um, that was the first thing I said. Was like, how did he get released? Where are the handcuffs? Because there's no way the cops let him go that quick. Well, for no an way. accident that he ran over somebody. After no the way. Sh- after the show, they tweeted out WWE.com like tweeted out a statement saying that he passed all the sobriety tests and he he's he's not a suspect. Oh. Wow. Which I mean, uh, this could lead to the hacker uh, coming Ali. Obviously, it's Ali, but the hacker being like, "I have the footage of what really happened." That could be the way to introduce him. It's it, clearly yeah, Sheamus. Also, it's clearly Sheamus, it, or Sheamus, uh, and even like he went after Sheamus, pissed off about it. That's so. why I think it's Sheamus. It's it's all it's Sheamus. It he better be beat him up. It, through, that's all I say. He beat him up, threw him in the bushes, dumped the liquor all over him, <laughs> and crashed into yeah. Elias. So now. Seamus is going to be in some federal pound me in the ass prison for all this. I feel like he is. He, he, he's he's going to. I don't think you can solve this uh, <laughs> this crime with a match at SummerSlam. <laughs> you no. you got to throw him in the Summer Slammer, dude. <laughs> that that Summer Slammer match and yeah. that Summer Slam. <laughs> um, holy shit! Remember Chad Gable? Oh, he's back with better tights. Thank God. Better tights Jesus. showing off all those abs. Yep. Uh, Good for him. And he got a surprise one at Cesaro. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I think he's in for a push. He's in for a big time push. He deserves it. Uh, bro, I think we we've said this. It's not gonna happen. Uh, we'll see. It's not gonna happen. Too 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 little, too late. His name is Shorty G. His name is Shorty G. It's not gonna happen. If Rey Mysterio could win a title, I believe Shorty G can. But Rey Mysterio is a different level, though. Let's be honest. Rey Mysterio is a god of cruiserweights. That's two separate things you're comparing to. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. The name, apples and oranges. oranges. The name Rey Mysterio and Shorty G are two very different names. <laughs> yeah. On a marquee, I could see Rey Mysterio. On a marquee, headlining Madison Square Garden, Shorty G. It's not going to happen, don't bro. Put, yeah, no asses in the seats that night. <laughs> no butts in <and> seats. Um <laughs> What else happened? One thing here? I do love, I think you guys will agree with me on this, is the Mandy and Otis segment. Oh my god! I, oh yeah, sports entertainment it. done right. Yeah, at first I was like, all right, this is lame, and then I got into it. And I was like, oh, now I'm getting a boner. Okay, let's see where this goes. Now, <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're it remind, talking. It reminds me of all those old school uh, WWE promos, like the yeah. perfect stuff and all that the, stuff. The Razor Ramon vignettes. Yeah, yeah, that shit. That's just what we want, people. Like, it's time to like the world is so shitty right now. I think have adding these kind of uh, vignettes is what we need right now. Yeah, uh, the and uh, they clearly played off of, of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Uh, that was so that cool. was great. I I haven't laughed at a WWE promo in a long time. Like where it's like a legit laughter. 
yeah that, they've did whoever whoever came up with that idea well done um mandy and otis obviously did their parts perfectly you can tell they have great chemistry on camera yeah i will never think of phoebe kate's the same again i'm just gonna no. picture otis every single time it's now otis now yeah <laughs> um yeah. they need to they need to put up a link to like mr skin for like the otis scene for that um <laughs> I also thought they did a Sandlot reference. I don't know. I could be the only one, but remember in the Sandlot when uh, when Porter jumps and does a cannonball on the pole and he wet, wets all the girls because of his his power bump because he's so big. I, I, I kind of got that, that vibe too. I, but I didn't. But I didn't, I didn't pierce it together. But yeah, I think also that I wouldn't be surprised if they also use that as a reference for the, for this promo because he's fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever wrote that needs a needs a raise for sure. Yeah, that's that's something that we will praise for sure. It was it was fun. And I watch wrestling because I want to have fun. Um, Something else that's fun that is going to be fun for maybe two weeks, maybe a month, um, is the arrival of Matt Riddle to SmackDown. Interesting. I thought he still had some left. Let's let's talk about that real quick. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, Kurt Angle did uh, have a promo on on SmackDown. Um, It's probably like one of his last, probably the last thing he's doing contractually obligated WWE since he was let go as part of the huge talent cut. Do you think he's um, on like a, like a, we'll call you when we need you, but you're, you, we're not, you're not an employee, but you know, if we'll call on you, if we need you keep that, call us. We'll call you. yeah, there's, keep there's that phone line. That possi- there's always that possibility. Keep that phone line open, brother. <laughs> I mean, they can also put him in a legends deal, but they decided not to do that. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying Dick, about anymore. the, but, Anyways, so um, to throw a little context in it, Kurt Angle did have a promo on um, on SmackDown. Um, in the beginning, he was also part of hyping up the greatest match a lot, uh, greatest match, match ever. Which, coming from Kurt Angle, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's like, "Fuck, really?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, but, "Wait, I had a match with Shawn Michaels." Uh, yeah, uh, I'm better than you guys. He's had many great matches. Hold on a second. <laughs> and, and he has to, and he has to go in there and um, hype hype this up. But more importantly, he did announce uh, the arrival of Matt Riddle, and this was reported to uh, this was reported uh, um, publicly, and him coming to SmackDown, which I, I I'm all for it. Um, just a little side note with with, in it, with with why he's going to SmackDown. Um, they did play the angle in NXT where he did have a re- match with Timothy Thatcher. Great wrestling match, by the way. Yeah, we'll talk oh, about cage that. too. That's a really cool cage. Side note, we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, and. Um, as as part of the tradition, he put over Thatcher, and now he's on SmackDown. It's time for Riddle to be on on the main roster. Do I trust that they're going to do well with Riddle? No, because Vince doesn't get Vince McMahon doesn't get Matt Riddle. I don't think he yeah. gets him. He's I, came out and said it. He doesn't get it. I'm worried for him. Um, I feel like he, he might be a flash in the pan. I don't think he's going to be going for a world. Imagine him versus Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman just gives him a power slam, and it's over. He's going to be another Cesaro, I feel like. Uh, just a good guy. He can put on good matches, but you are mid-card fodder at best, brother. But he Some shoes on, too, man. But That's probably why Vince doesn't like Cesaro. him. Huh? He has way more charisma than Cesaro. Not that Cesaro has no charisma. It's just that. Uh, we could say that. <laughs> yeah, I could say that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you can. But then again, Cesaro doesn't really have the opportunity to show what he can really do at the same time. So that's why I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but. You look Plus at Riddle. He, the guy could talk. The guy can be in the ring, work, whatever was given to him in NXT. I mean, as for as much chicken shit he got, he made it into a chicken salad. And now we might get him versus Goldberg. I, I Goldberg is or, not him versus, or I'm sorry, him versus Brock. 
Brock's Brock on SmackDown. Either. Brock's no, on SmackDown. Brock, Brock already said he doesn't want, he does not want to ever have a match with him. But you're talking Vince will make it happen. Uh, I remember we'll hearing uh, we'll see Bruno happens. San Martino saying, I'll never be in the WWE Hall of Fame. It, anything can happen. Anything yeah, can anything. absolutely happen. Shout out Michaels well, wrestled that shitty match. Anything <laughs> could happen. There you Anything go. could happen. Um, I, I honestly think he would have been better on Raw because I think Paul Heyman, I mean, Paul Heyman can obviously work his magic and he's a Matt Riddle fan. He can make RVD part two. Yeah, he basically is that really much. As, a char- as a character. Cage fighting like, RVD. He, he's, he's a cage fighting Spicoli. Yeah, exactly. Fast, another long, fast times at Ridgemont High reference. Another fast times. How, how yeah. long do you think before Vince makes him uh, wear uh, wear boots? Two weeks. Um, he's gonna have another injury like Rusev, and then come back wearing wearing boots. I he should wear. I'm not a fan of the slipper thing because that should this. You can't execute the same. I don't think if you have bare feet. This is I don't know. It's a way to give a souvenir to a kid, maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a way to sell merch here's, too. Hey, here's some fungus, kid. Yeah, <laughs> have some athlete's foot. Here's some athlete's foot. Cool. Uh, I guess that explains why he has a mushroom tat on his. Uh, on oh his yeah, rib Vince cage. is Vince is already out. His, his Vince is already tat. out. <laughs> um, the finals for the Intercontinental Title: AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. You, we all called it. Well, I didn't call this, but you guys called this. I kind of got excited when Sheamus put himself. I was like, "All right, Sheamus, second chance. He's gonna win the title That's, now." Yo, me too. I was like, <laughs> "Fucking a! Are you serious?" <laughs> oh my gosh, it was, was a tease. Yeah, good match too. Sheamus can always perform, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. And then they went back to their history. They have Sheamus and Dan O'Brien are always going to be linked from that and, 18 and second match. And speaking of Sheamus, I I think a great first opponent for Riddle is Sheamus. Yeah, well, I think Sheamus is going to be locked up with Jeff Hardy for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, after the feud's over, hey. because it ties into um, it ties into. <laughs> oh, what I saw what I did there. <laughs> there you go. I got Scott. it. Locked up. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. <laughs> Summer Slammer match. There you go. Oh, there you go. And, uh, oh, sorry. But he was like the the um with Sheamus because he he did um he wasn't very impressed with Riddle coming in. So I think that you could play off of that once Riddle eventually does get here. I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to debut next week or not, but the plan is that he's going to be in SmackDown, and once he's done with Jeff Hardy, you can you can put him in there with um you can put him in there with Matt Riddle and. Sheamus has no problem. I'm sure he has no problem putting over Matt Riddle. I hope they don't play legitimate. an angle like they've been doing with everybody else that's Mexican and be like, I looked up to Jeff Hardy and you framed him. Like, I, if they go that route, I'm going to hate it so much. Oh, with Matt Riddle? Yes. No, then no, 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 no. That, they should not do that at it all. Can't, it can't that, be that. It's. It, I don't know. I feel like they're going to, That maybe that's how they get to it. I think Ali's also going to be the one that's going to be like, I have the footage. And then play it. Um, but yeah, so next week we'll have we'll, we'll find we'll have a new Intercontinental Champion until uh, Sami Zayn comes back, and then we can have the ladder match. Um, do you guys want to talk about NXT real quick? A cage match? I do. I'm a fan of that new scaffold cage. That lion. It reminded me of the Lions Den match back in right. the, uh, back in the yes. Attitude Era. Ken Shamrock and uh, Steve Blackman. Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart. Uh, wasn't it uh what's his name uh the guy with the mustache Dan Severn uh, Dan Severn didn't he have a Lions Den match too with someone I think 
He was referee in one. Right, of he was them. a referee, I think, for the C Blackman one. I think he was referee in one of them. Yeah, uh, but it totally reminded me of that. Um, which I mean, it was cool, and I liked it too. I really liked the way it was built. I like that uh, they they fought on top of it. Um, that was probably my highlight of NXT was that that Lions Den match or what are the the NXT fight pit? Interesting they, out. They, it was interesting a finish too, right? Did you, the, what'd you guys think of that finish? I thought it was kind of a weird way to send off uh, um, uh, a real. guy with an MMA background. Yeah, he t- and they he went out real quick. Yeah. Well, I like that Angle did the the three arm thing instead of right. just like yeah. You know, I was like, oh, we're wrestling. Okay, I get it. That's um, the value like of Kurt I, Angle. But like I said, I I thought it was a great match, great change. Um, you definitely played to their strengths. I mean, you know, Riddle's an MMA fighter. Uh, Timothy Thatcher's a um, great wrestler, more of a, shoot, a ring yeah. wrestler, shoot wrestler. So they definitely played to their strengths, and uh, it felt like it had a, a to, it had a real fight feel to it. It did at times. It, it absolutely did, and you, like I said, you put. You, you help put Thatcher over, and that's the one thing you do when you leave a, a territory or leave a promotion is you try to get the other guy over. The triple threat at the beginning I thought was a really good match, too. Um, and do we, we got worked by Drake Maverick, right? I think we're all in agreement that uh, we got worked by Drake Maverick. Yeah, 100%. Is he going to be the, the Cruiserweight champion? Because it's going to be no Phantasma versus Drake Maverick. I don't think he's going to win, but I, don't, I didn't think he was going to win this match either. I don't think he's going to win. I still don't think he's going to win. Um, I, they're really riding this wave with Drake Maverick. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 I'm not completely sold that he's, he's, he's resigned. I, I still think that, I mean, look at Kurt Angle. I mean, Kurt Angle, when they announced that Kurt Angle was released, um, he ended up doing a couple more things for WWE. I mean, he was a referee for that cage match. He Gulak is back. Exactly. So, um, who knows? Um, I don't. I, I still don't think he's going to resign, but you know we'll see. Um, it was kind of a weird ending with that match. Uh, I liked it. It. It was. I mean, it was weird in that it looked like that Atlas did tap out, and Kushida could say, "Well, he tapped out. I won." But here you go. You go ahead and you know try to get your job because the the the, the whole point of it is that if Maverick loses, he's out of a job. Yeah, I mean that part I. I I, I agree with you on, but I liked that there was like a little controversy at the end. Um, I was kind of hoping for like another referee, you know, to come out and be like, no, no, no. But they pick and choose when they wanted to use those spots, you know. Absolutely. Um, uh, we're going to get a probably a, a mixed tag match pretty soon with Gargano and Keith Lee. Um, what do you guys think of the parody they did of Candice and Johnny with me and Keith Lee? I thought it was awesome. I- I think Keith Lee has crossover success Absolutely. All over too. after wrestling. He can be a fucking comedic actor. Like I, like I tell you guys to watch that movie he's in bro uh, on Netflix. So watch it. Which uh, one? I forgot. It's the one with the wrestling. It's a, it's a Netflix original, but it's partnered up with WWE. Uh, he's one of the stars oh, of the, it. the mask one, right? Yeah. 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 But he, dude, when, even when he was talking his charisma, he's, he's a comedic actor or like I can see him being in, uh, you know, feature films like The Rock was, honestly. The Keith Lee show show. Yeah. He, he's a <laughs> shit, man. I love Keith Lee. Um well, I'm, I'm 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 I wasn't a fan of the segment. Um I just it, it, to me it felt it felt kind of flat. Um I don't know. It's just something about it that I just was not a fan of. 
I like that they were kind of just ragging on them, like as how ridiculous it is when like the music, like, like no, 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 you need to speak into this, and then the lights go out and the music goes on, and then you have to like speak differently. I thought that that was that was funny. Um, and then Tia Knox, Tia Knox eating eating the pizza with. It, I don't know. I just I just wasn't that big of a fan on it, but I mean, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's really all I could say about that. Uh, but other than that. I feel like not 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 a lot happened on NXT too. Even though I I feel like I had fun watching it. Yeah, it's still an entertaining show, but uh, until we get in your house, I think that's when we'll you know they'll raise the stakes a little bit. Yeah. Um, next week. What do you guys think of Double two. or Nothing? We all kind of watched it together for the most part. Uh, let's yeah, we're gonna switch up to uh, to to AEW. Uh, I thought it was slightly a disappointing pay per view. I just wasn't. Um, the last match was go. good though. I watched. No, I'm not even hating. Like as no, far as 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 far as like it was just it was just like a, a show during the week in, to me. You know what I mean? There's nothing particularly special. Um that whole Brian Cage thing was kind of weird. I thought they were gonna value like opportunities and they're gonna give it to a random guy to get in the number one contender match. Like let's just, I don't know. There's just no real big standouts other than that Sean Spears is gonna be the jobber of jobbers. <laughs> um but I don't know. Mr. Uh, we Payton saw to yeah, Mr. Payne Royce. That's how, you know, it's starting to get bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was good, but the matches were, some of the matches were way too long. They dragged. Like, they yeah. dragged for sure. The, um, uh, what was it, the Moxley, Moxley-Lee match, I felt yeah. like went, went like maybe five, ten minutes too long. Um, the Cody match went the Cody match a tad went, bit like, too long. Yeah. Um, um, the TNT title, I'm not really a fan of. It's ugly. Uh, it had it. Yeah, from Tyson present, From what they presented on the pay-per-view, I am not a fan of it either. But again, they say it's not the final product, so I'm withholding judgment till I see the final product. It's but like they knew. Saw, this this battle isn't that nice. We need to make sure we let everyone know that we're going to make it better. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, 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 but overall, I think that the the Stampede match, hilarious. That was worth hilarious. the price of the missions. I would have paid fifty dollars just for that match. For real, I, dude. And one thing the quarantine is doing is giving all these, uh, are giving the wrestlers so much more creative freedom on like the way to make these kind of matches. So that's the big blessing. Yeah, and you know they did the movie magic and made that 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 match like over the top funny, and it was just when Matt Hardy uh, came out of the water, it was like the what is it? They were the rejuvenation. He was reincarnated. Yeah, yeah. Like, three different times. Three different times. Hilarious. Matt Hardy is the character, bro. He's so good. Dude, and then on and Dynamite, to tell, tell two Hardys. And then on Dynamite, they're like, "Oh, we we want to we want the old Matt Hardy," and he comes out dressed as one of the Hardy boys, and they're like, "No, we want we want to go back even further." And he comes out dressed as a, I think his name was like High Voltage or something like that, when he was, it was in Matt uh, Hardy '98. No, he he was going by Matt, or he was going by High Voltage. That was his his name. Or his tag team <laughs> or something like that, but yeah, the, back when they were backyard wrestlers, uh, which I thought was a cool, cool, cool touch. Oh, you mean the Omega? You mean the Omega days? Yes, not New Omega. Not that was the wrestling federation that I was in. Just Omega. 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 Um. But yeah, but for my, and, uh, for me, for for double or nothing. Um. Overall, it was a great pay per view. Uh, MJF and Jungle Boy. A few. That, that was that was to me it was a phenomenal match. You know, that was probably uh, my favorite match on the whole show. It, it, I mean, if I had to pick a match, I would say that match was up there. Um, I was I was a fan of the Moxley 
Brody Lee match, even though they go on a little too long. Um, Brody Lee's great in the ring, and um, so was so was Moxley in, in that environment. I thought they, I thought they delivered, but um, going back to uh, MJF and uh, Jungle Boy, I thought they really blew it away with that match. I had no problems with that match whatsoever. Yeah. Um, oh, it, also, so, hold on one second. I just got to announce something real quick. Um, you're great. Go ahead. Defending undisputed pay-per-view champion of the world your boy the mez a3k andrew gomez called it again can you just beat me once hey i got you two pay-per-views ago i got uh money in the bank well congratulations you beat me by one there um this this one was very close to it came down to the final match there was like a lot of it was it was scaling back and forth throughout the whole night, which yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, that was that that put a whole different spin on like the excitement for me because I, even though we didn't bet for anything like monetarily wise, I felt like for pride, I need to win this match. So, uh, what's thank. That, what's the next? What's the next pay per view in your this weekend in your house? In your right? house next Saturday. Yeah, in your Ooh. house. But as far as AEW goes, we have Fighter Fest that's going to happen sometime in the summertime. Uh, it was supposed to be announced on Dynamite as far as the exact date, but they haven't got a, a date yet. But that's going to be the pay per view or pay per view rather before uh, All Out, which is going to be the next major one. Um. Real quickly though, Byron, you mentioned about like you know they're not really doing with the with the ranking systems. I mean, I I I, I agree with you. They really should be utilizing it more as far as for the champions go. Um, right now, MJF is the number one ranked uh, contender, really for both belts. Are they gonna do that too? Are they gonna have two different brackets for that? Like, how's that gonna two different divisions? Like, who number one here, number one here, similar to like weight divisions and. It, from, from what I'm seeing, because I'm going with rankings as of this past Wednesday, it looks like as far as the single belts, it's going to be, um, it's going to be, you know, they have the two champions and then the top five. Uh, right now, MJF is the number one ranked contender. So, yes, uh, based off the rankings, he should have a title opportunity, but I think they're going to save that down the road. Um, they're definitely going to say that for, for uh, to me, all out is really where you want to have that match. Because it's... And they, for Brian Cage, I'm okay with Brian Cage winning and having a title opportunity. Number one, he's not a WWE guy, which I'm fine with. Yep. And number two, you definitely want to have contenders going for the championship, especially if, um, if you don't have Moxley plan on losing anytime soon. Um, Brian Cage is basically going to be a, a placeholder for right now, a guy who uh, Moxley can work with up until um, double or nothing. And you can go MJF against Cody or MJF even against Moxley. And everyone's waiting for that MJF Cody match. Like, yeah, they have to make that keep coming back. That seems more logical, too. Uh, I'd say out of the two, I would agree. Um, I mean, although I'm okay with MJF being a W world champion. I mean, if you were to ask me that a few months ago, I probably wouldn't say not really. But given how much he's improved over the past couple months, Mm -hmm. he's he's ready for a world title shot with or without Wardlow. With or without Wardlow, <laughs> I would I would say I would say he, he needs Wardlow because big time. it makes him heal more heal. It makes yeah. him even better with, with yeah, Wardlow. Big time. Um, but I mean, overall, I would I would give AEW a, a big two thumbs up for me. I had a, I had a great time beginning to end, um, and yeah, I thought the I thought the Stadium Stampede was as far as like cinematic ma- matches the best of you know either Money in the Bank. The Undertaker match and Stadium Stampede. This Stadium Stampede was leaps and bounds more entertaining than all that. 
Yeah, definitely. Not to say that those weren't were bad. I just thought no. there was so much chaos going on during this whole match. You had the uh, the nor- the uh, Northern Light Suplex, end zone to end zone, which was awesome. You had yes. um, freaking Hangman Page coming in on a horse, um, and then him and J- Jake Hager are, like in the bar, like drinking, like, "All right, you ready to fight? All right." And then they have a whole bar brawl. Um, it was just a lot of fun. It was a good. That's the be- I think that was the best use of 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 their top talent too. Yeah, you know what I mean. To highlight the top guys to put them in a cinematic match, I think was the right call. Um, I think then, that honestly, that match probably saved the pay per view. <laughs> yeah, and then you had Omega and uh, Matt recreate the the golf cart scene. Oh yeah, from, yeah. Uh, a while back, and it was just. And then oh the one winged angel off of the fucking top of the stadium. What? Well, Sammy Zane's a madman. Yeah. I mean, Sammy um, Guevara's a madman. <laughs> yeah. Well, both of them insane. are, but yeah. Yeah, insane. Um, let's talk about uh, Dynamite. What'd you guys think of the uh, not the Tyson shit? The, the, that shit was crazy, dude. I don't get it. Like, what are they going to do? I have no idea. It's kind of cringe, right? Is it me or. Re- it's pretty cringy because Mike is an awesome guy and I hope he fights again. No, actually, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet. But like him as a, like a legitimate performer wrestling wise and like talking even, it's just awkward. Luckily, Jericho can carry a lot of people like what yeah. you did in this chat Jericho segment. Jericho saved that segment, I feel like. Yo, it was cringe though. Like 100%. The, the, all the UFC fighters there too. Uh, who, I was was like, the, who was the guy with the, with the black eye, eye paint? Yeah, who's that? I was going to ask you guys. He's, he's an actor, and he was trying to get himself over uh, Big maybe time. a little bit too little bit too much. No yeah. sound. It, it looked like Jericho was punching him, for real. I, I, fuck, I don't blame him. He should have uh, potatoed on his ass, dude. He wouldn't stay down. He, 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 just, he, just, kept in, he just kept getting in, in, the, in the way. And it was definitely getting annoying. Uh, like I'm even surprised. when like they were trying to sorry Dick but they they were trying to get a shot of Tyson and Jericho like facing uh-huh. off and he was like putting himself right in front of the camera so like they had to like get creative with like how they shot it because this guy was just getting in the way it was crazy yeah was I did not like that himself over yeah I I, I loved that uh Cejudo little short guy probably the same height as me and like he's just shorter bro over, like, <laughs> in the back trying like, to get over. Oh Why did they put him in the back? Was it was it a comedic bit you think to put him in the back instead I think, of like put him? I think that guy with the with the eye make makeup just I bullied his so way to too. the front. Yeah, That's what I, I, think. I think he just pushed him way to the front. Ooh. But I mean, you look at Tyson's entourage. I mean, he had Henry Cejudo, uh, Rashad Vitor. Evans, which they didn't which they didn't mention. Uh, Vidor, uh, Belfort, TRT Vidor. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> That's TRT, a scary Vidor uh, too. <laughs> yeah, but he was overdoing it too. Yeah, he, he kind of was. Um, I, I thought that segment, it, it definitely tried, they, they tried to uh, impersonate the Austin Tyson segment. And no matter what, that's never going to be replicated. You're never going to replicate his success ever. ever. No. you. you... It, are they going to go to a, a Jericho Tyson wrestling match or maybe a, a, a boxing match? I mean, I think something is going to happen between those. It Whoa. looks like something may happen between those two. I could see Tyson having a surrogate maybe, but not maybe Tyson. a surrogate perhaps. Um, they were saying that, uh, like, uh, I guess Jericho's getting a lot of heat online about for for that this segment because it's just recreating the what we had in the past. So it's like, why are you doing this? But I mean, it's it's all it's wrestling. It's fun. Whatever. I don't I don't see why angles get recycled all the time. All the yeah, time. I don't get. I don't so, understand it. I mean, it, it didn't come off as good as as the original segment 
by any means, but I mean, no. I, I understand why they're using Mike Tyson. You know, he still has name value, um, and you want to try to get the most of it out while you can. They made it to the front page of ESPN, um, and they had a lot of people talking about Mike Tyson being on AEW. Yeah. It, 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 it was a great move. Why not? Some more and, eyes on them. And another thing is that Tyson, I mean, even if he doesn't do anything with AEW, I mean, there is speculation that he may end up going back into the ring, possibly with Evander Holyfield. There's been talk about maybe a third match between those two for charity. That would be uh, insane. Evander Holyfield would, I think he would die. Yeah, he's not and looking good, man. Holyfield's 57, that, uh... Tyson's 53. I mean, Tyson cosmetically looks great, but... You know, can he is he is he going to be in the ring shape? You know, that's that's another thing. Yeah, he can he can punch hard, but can he last five rounds? No way, he's lasting five rounds. Not while he's smoking all that ganja. No way, <laughs> my lungs ain't up for it, yo. <laughs> my lungs can't do it. But, I'm blowing but up, there brother. There is money to be made, though. Give me your ear. We're going way. home. <laughs> yeah, so very interested to see what they do with that. Like, uh, I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Maybe to use the free, uh, you know, the all the clout that Mike Tyson and them have, but I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. That brawl was even so cringe. I was like, ugh. Yeah, it was whatever. It was. It definitely it, reminded it, it me of old Attitude Era. Um, Jerry Springer bad, type. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought like, fuck. It's some, WCW too. It reminded me WCW shit. I just you know felt like mean? some like, of those guys didn't know what was going Like they didn't give them like training. notes or training or they didn't really <laughs> go over it at all. Because um, right. I feel like the whole time Jericho was just trying to get Mike to remember, hey, you have to push me. So he just kept like trying to talk. And then you yeah. had other guys talking and Jericho had to tell them to shut up because. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Shush, shush, shush. He, he's he like was, trying. Like, trying very hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, but I think the unpredictability came off. I think it made it like, oh, you know, this is real. This could be real right there. I kept rewinding because that guy would not stay down. And I was like, dude, Jericho's <laughs> going to fuck him up. And I kept trying Minus to just find him in the bunch. <laughs> it got so bad that Sammy Guevara just ditched his whole uh, I, I'm injured angle and was running around and get on the top rope. Like, I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of real now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I thought I love the fact that the inner circle can make fun of themselves. I I really want one of those stamp, uh, Stadium Stampede Championship T-shirts that they made. I really yeah. want one of those. That was um, funny. They are fifty percent off at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Are they really? Yeah. Are they really? Nice plug. I need one. Yeah, we dude, need to get I a Pro Wrestling it. tea store, dude. Oh, dude, that'd be sick. Uh, what else but, happened on Dynamite that you guys really liked? FTR. Oh, oh shit! Fun. We gotta talk about yeah, FTR. We gotta talk about that. Come on, <laughs> that's like the biggest thing. I was waiting for you guys to talk about. I this. totally forgot about it. There's so much <laughs> going on. Um, it was the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy versus Private Party and Janella, Joey and Janella. Janella, and there was a lot that happened during that match as well. And I mean, uh, the, the, the icing on the cake was definitely FTR making their debut. But uh, it just seemed like there was just a lot going on with the match. The dives outside. Um, the uh, spot interference fest, for from sure. the, the yeah. it was definitely a spot it was definitely spot fest for sure and then also with the interference from the butcher and the blade as well it was just a lot going on it was pretty crazy uh the ending it seemed like it was kind of like i don't know it it, it just seemed like it was too much chaos but um Quinn, i think it was a quinn that got hurt and um that left cassie alone bucks finished him off with the more bang for your buck and as uh hardy takes him to the ring or takes him away from the ring um 
that's when the Butcher Blade came out, attacked the Bucks, and then we see like this debut of of FTR um, coming in with the truck Dude. and then just going to the ring and just handling business. If there was a legit audience there. That roof would have got blown off. Yeah, absolutely. The pop would have been so loud, man. I mean, even the wrestlers started a holy shit chant, and they weren't told by WWE to do that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool, man. And I wonder if they're going to make a whole faction with the Butcher and the Blade and FTR. Like, I don't know. That, well, didn't that, FTR attack? FTR attacked the Butcher and the Blade. They attacked them. Then they, they oh, they did? Out I didn't even yeah, I guess I missed Yeah. Um, but... They, they definitely sold it in the beginning. Like, whose side are they on? Um, we're eventually going to get the Bucks versus the Revival. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, not wait for that. Sweet. Give it to they me at Fighter Fest. Do, they, they should not do this match on Dynamite or even on Fighter Fest. I think that this should def. I mean, to me, I think they should save it for All Out. But All Out's not going to be for another three plus months. Yeah, All Out would be would so, be good because that's I like the they, number. What do you? The number three show, right? All Out major pay per view for AEW, right? All yeah. in, all out's number nothing, one, out. double or nothing's probably number two, and yeah, I mean, all out that's because that's where AEW was essentially born. Yeah, um, what's out? What's AEW's equivalent to WrestleMania? I would say all out, all in, all, all out. All in. That's the first one, that's the first one in the company. Yeah. Um, what else do we got, guys? Because we're kind of running on time, you know. I I, I I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed the Britt Baker segment, the role model of Britt Baker. I kind of didn't I, like it. It kind of went on I too long it. for me. It was a fine. Too long, but it was funny. I I, I liked it because she came off as a. She definitely came off as un like just unbearable. And yeah. You you feel bad for um for Rebel because she's just there putting <laughs> up with, with with Britt's verbal abusive behavior. And really, it, Tony Schiavone as well. Yeah, and the conspiracy against Aubrey Edwards uh, is very. It's always sunny in Philadelphia Dude, to me. I liked it. So funny, man. The, the, I, she, I love it. They definitely parody, uh, parody uh, Pepe Silvio. <laughs> Pepe Silvio. Um, with with the backdrop, and uh, what she said. She said, um, bro, like she was listening to all of her injuries and saying that Aubrey Edwards was there, and then she finally gets to uh, broken nose. Aubrey was somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, I died. <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is because it, it, it didn't fit her narrative. So she was like, "Well, she she must have been somewhere." Yes, it, exactly. And then when they were pushing, when Rebel was pushing uh, Britt to the back, you could see on her wheelchair it says "Role Model R O L L Model." Uh, I died. Yeah, <laughs> it's the little things, and I think AEW does that better than anybody. Is really the attention to detail on on some of their stuff. In ring and during promos is great, and considering the promos are not scripted, um, is is really yeah. cool. Uh, that I really like the MGF promo on uh, on Cody uh, when he was. Oh uh, yeah, he was taking a shot at he was taking a shot at him, saying he um, he didn't come from a different promotion to get a exactly to, to win a championship, but MGF did come from a different promotion. He came from. He came from um, MLW, but I mean, what he meant by that was like I didn't not WWE, yeah. not a main yeah, that's, WWE. That's yeah, I mean that's an indie as fuck. Yeah, it's a baby. Um, I thought yeah, I had a I had a really good time f- during the battle royal too. I thought the battle royal was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they, they, there was a lot of intersecting storylines with it. Um, I thought the right person did win. Um, I'm. 
I, I think uh, Jungle Boy was a great, I mean, because Cody's not going to lose that belt anytime soon. And the idea for Cody to defend it on TNT, on Dynamite, is a good idea. It's kind of like the work, it's like the workhorse belt. It's like the IC belt or, or um, the US belt. You want to have a secondary champion where you can um, have more matches on, on on the show. Yeah, he said he's going to defend Jungle it every Boy week. Is a perfect, yeah, and Jungle Boy is a perfect first opponent for him. Oh, yeah, that's going to be great. Um, was I know I see you wrote in the note, but I noticed I noticed it too. Uh, Jr. Call, kept calling Sunny Kiss she. Um, did you guys catch that? Because I, 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 I did. I, I did. Okay, because I, I I'm I'm like wait a minute, like is, is Jr. messing up or like is he, <laughs> like I, I I don't know like because it was, could be that could be it honestly. <laughs> I, I think he's, so. He's definitely a he. He's just you know a little flamboyant. Uh, yes. But or maybe who knows what if he or she is not wanting to be that. Yeah, that 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 could be. I don't know. Excalibur um, was trying to cover up for it. He kept saying he was. Oh, Sonny, because yes. he's he's so great. Um, but yeah, it was. I'm a, gonna it was bow a little, out of this one and say I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was a little. It was a little weird. And and Jr. did call MJF uh, a dick, even though he was trying. He kept saying Richard, Richard, and then he said Dick. I mean Richard. Oh yeah, then I def I automatically thought of you when he said that. Yeah, he's definitely being a Richard right now. I'm like, and oh. it's like it's like you you could say dick on TV. Yeah, I mean, um, I like the the cage thing and Taz. Taz is the perfect mouthpiece for him. I I seen a lot of people comparing it to Paul Heyman and Brock yeah. Lesnar. I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's he's he is. I like that someone posted a meme saying. Mom, I want Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. We have a Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman at home. <laughs> Paul Heyman and Lesnar at home, <laughs> and it's Cajun Taz. But I mean, it's it's not like you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby the Brain was managing Andre the Giant for a time. You know, it managers yeah. are a thing that that have happened before in the past. Um, it, I love it. It's it's such he's such a good mouthpiece for him. I don't know if Cage can talk. I I don't think I he think can. in TNA he was he was. He was talking pretty good. Yeah, he was he was talking not as much. I'm 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 fine with it. Um, I think it's a great way to have these these legends in these roles and these coaching slash manager roles. I, I think yeah. it's perfect. It's the machine and the human suplex machine. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I'm all for and it. And then uh, his his uh, finishing move they called it the drill claw. Yeah, no, the Wolverine it, it, Steiner it's, screwdriver. It's been a, it's been a, it's been the drill claw for a while. But yeah, it's a, the Steiner it's driver like that for a while. I love it's it. Scariest, like, that's the scariest fucking move. It's in fucking, history. it looks oh, so scary, yeah. dude. <laughs> dude, yeah, you gotta kill somebody. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's a perfect thing. It's uh, it's a great setup. He's such a like monster, Physical. and I made him look so strong, which is good. Like. Yeah. Let's not play around. Let's make him look strong. I said uh, during Double or Nothing that Luchasaurus versus uh, Brian Cage looks like King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh man! I yes. thought I thought that was a perfect analogy. I thought it worked. Speaking pretty good. Uh, speaking of uh, Luchasaurus, I'm glad you brought it up during the during the Battle Royal. You see him and Billy Gunn when they're going at it when they were um, staring each other down. Billy Gunn's a big dude. Billy Gunn's a big motherfucker, dude. He's a big guy like he's a i mean he's big wide wise but i mean like tall he's he was just as tall as luchasaurus he's taking those did you see those, when uh, when uh, they played billy gunn's music on the tron it had like it looked like dx adjacent where it was just like a green lines and it was like bumping 
like the DX logo does. No, I didn't notice that. In, in oh. their Tron. Uh, go back and watch mm. it. I noticed that. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty much all the week in wrestling. Um, do you guys have anything extra to add? No, uh, I guess we'll talk about Undertaker's thing when it's all done, but it's pretty damn good, man. That guy, the behind the scenes gives me goosebumps. Like, I'm living in those moments, even though some of those moments are shitty at real time. But, like, yeah. It really opens your eyes to how much this guy wants to end on a high note. Right. You know, he knows it's it's coming close, but every time he thinks I'm going to be good, good to go, he either gets a short match or he gets concussed or something happens, freak accident um that he's not prepared for and he Shawn michael said it he's he's like an addict chasing the dragon trying to trying to get that high again i don't know right uh, and there's levels to this there's a reason why undertaker is this big of an icon you know it's not an accident really so yeah he's he said that uh he was the last last kayfabe he was the last guy to be kayfabe like his character yeah and, rightfully, and now that's and rightfully so now that's gone but uh yeah Undertaker never broke character. He's always in character. And I don't like that they are breaking up the series so much. I don't think we're getting another episode for like two weeks. That's that's long. I didn't I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, it's June. only five episodes though. Oh, okay. Well maybe that's why. It is okay. Yeah. I mean, as far as like documentaries go, this is this is probably the best documentary that WWE's ever done. Um it, it's so eye-opening. And you see Taker opened up like he's never opened up before. Yeah. This guy is very, he has a great memory. He, he, he very fondly remembers things that happened. Um, and then uh, he did a side interview with ESPN. Um, they were interviewing him. There's clips of it online, but there were two things I want. Well, one thing I wanted to mention was that um, they asked him about his match with Hogan back in 91. And the story around that goes around was that uh, Hogan had hurt his neck and, um, he had told Taker, hey, just be careful. Whatever you do, like, don't drop me on my neck. And Taker's like, you know, fine with it. Like, you know, I'm okay with it. And after the match was over, Hogan was lying in Vince's office and he was complaining about neck problems. And he kind of alluded to the fact that Taker may have dropped him on his head. Oh, that shit was hilarious, but, though. That whole segment. But, yeah, the whole segment. And then um, and then when uh, him and Paul Barrow watching the, the match back, um, they were looking like, no, we weren't even close to dropping her. He was like six, like six inches off the ground. Like, I mean, it was of all the tombstones that Taker's given over the years, that was definitely one of the safest ones because he took care of Hogan and he wasn't even close to the ground. Six inches. And, that's like an average pe- penis, dude. Right. <laughs> Not a Hulk Hogan true penis. Facts. That thing is true, fucking true, gigantic. True, true facts 101. <laughs> well, his real name I need is go- Mark and we're all Marks too. Yes. What a great way to end the show. That's going to be the but, uh, the title of the episode. I need to go and watch that. You said that's on ESPN? Yeah. Well, no. Um, the interview's on. It's on YouTube. Uh, there's, there's bits and clips of it up okay. on YouTube. Hogan but faked that injury the whole time, too. That shit oh, is yeah. He, he, that he shit. You got to watch it. It's hilarious, dude. It makes he you made, think like. Taker was, Taker was legitimately concerned because he felt like he hurt him. And well, yeah. Taker's whole MO was like, throughout his career, he's never really put anyone he never really injured anyone aside Mick Foley because that that's something a little different but still he Foley pride wanted himself to die in not hurting he prided himself in not hurting anyone and he really thought he hurt Hogan and then come to realize hey wait a minute I never did anything to you like that that's Hogan politicking brother what I want to know is I want to like I, I wish they asked him about the second match that he had with Hogan because it looked like 
Taker was not very happy with that match at all. If he thought he wasn't happy with the first time he wrestled Hogan, the second time he wrestled him, he was pissed. Well, I'm excited to see that Bill Simmons podcast he was on too. He talks about his greatest matches and Bill Simmons goes in. And I love seeing a non-kayfabe Taker too. So uh, we're getting yeah. a whole new world right now. So I wonder yeah. if are the, are, on this documentary, are they going to go, they're not going to go back to like the past at all. This is all just like his last ride, like his last few matches. Basically, I, w- I would love to talk about, you know, him and Paul Bear back in the day and, you know, him coming up and like, uh, you know, debut of the Survivor Series and, you know, the whole thing of The Undertaker, you know. Yes, exactly. Undertaker. How, how they came up with the idea of The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole package. I would love to talk about that. I'd love to talk about some of his matches. Uh, they did mention very from, like, quickly about Montreal. Era. They didn't mention very quickly about Montreal in that interview he did with ESPN. So that I thought that was a, a, a great watch as well. One thing I, I've always wanted to hear from Taker, and it's been reported by several other wrestlers, was WrestleMania 14, where um, there were reports that Sean wasn't going to do the job to, to Austin. And that Taker was at the gorilla position waiting for when Sean comes back and that he wasn't going to do the right move. He was going to, he was going to have a few words with him with his fist. Oh shit. I want to hear Taker's side of that story because if uh, Cornette had mentioned in a shoot interview that Taker was there at the gorilla position waiting for Sean to come back. Right, he was like taping up his fist, right? Yeah. Taping up his fist saying, you know, getting ready saying if Sean better do the right thing. And that was to drop the belt to Austin that night. And that if he did not he was going to use those fists. Luckily, that didn't happen, and, and Taker had not done anything. But I wanted to hear Taker's side of that story. Wait, so Shawn Michaels was going to get these hands? If he didn't drop the belt to Austin. <laughs> Dang. I would not Damn. want to be on the wrong side of The Undertaker. That's for damn sure. Nah. You got to remember, Shawn Michaels, 98, 97, that was, uh, he was Fine. at his peak dickness. Yeah. <laughs> peak Richardness. Peak Richardness. Peak Richardness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that was when he was, uh, popping pills and, you know, not giving a fuck about what he did on TV. No. It's live. What are they going to do to me? Um, <laughs> you guys got anything else to add before we wrap this thing up? I, no, I think we're good. Just take care of each other, everybody. Right yes. now is yeah. a crazy time. Yes. Right now, we're, we're, we've been living in weird times and, uh, things are just getting, um, did, Things are getting really crazy right now. People are, are, are frustrated, rightfully so, with, with, with going with police brutality, high unemployment rate. It, it's just a lot of factors going into it. A lot and there's of still frustration, a, a lot of anger. There's still a virus that can kill us one by one. Yeah. Right. Or spread. And we're still going through the virus as well. Uh, it's crazy. Just like, like Byron said, just take care of each other and be safe. Yeah. Masturbate. It helps. And, and listen that to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That would probably release some tension. Just season the tension, baby. Season the tension. Let's go, baby. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling everybody you know to listen to the Put Me Over podcast. We are the new, 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 new world order of professional podcasting, and we will see you next time.